Well, howdy. If you have a Bible, jump to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. It's at the end of your Bible, kind of closer to Revelation. And we are continuing a look at decision-making, decision-making in the will of God. How do we make better decisions in life? And, and the truth is this. We all have decisions to make in front of us. Should I take this job? Should I take this internship? Should I date this person? Should I, uh, should I move in with these roommates? Should I join this organization? Should I go out for this organization? Should I eat this taco? You know, important, big decisions. And I'll, I want to simply tell you this about the decisions that you are making, um, that, that they are very and extremely, extremely important as you are considering how to live your life. And, and, and to help you along this journey is that we have uh, developed a version um, Bible study to go alongside this. And so if you go to version, you type in, make a decision, you can uh, travel along with us through this series in, in decision-making and have a devotional time along this as well. So I encourage you to go to version app, it's a free app, and download the, the Bible study that we, that we have there. But as, as we're thinking about making decisions, we wanted to give you a template, a, a way to, to evaluate how you make decisions. And we gave, we're giving you a simple acronym, which is this, to ask it. If you have a decision in front of you, how do I approach this decision well? We would encourage you to ask it. In week one, we looked at aligning our will, to align our will with God's will so that we can see this situation the way God is seeing it. And if, but if my a will is not aligned with God's, there's no way that I can be at a starting point to make a good decision in this situation. This week, we're looking at seeking wisdom, the second step in making good decisions, that we need wisdom around us. And as we continue this, this series, each piece uh, will kind of flesh out, how do I make good decisions? And that's what we're looking at this week. We're asking you to seek it, to make good decisions, seek God's wisdom. And whether you realize it or not, I want to give you this simple statement, that we create a life based on the sum total of individual decisions. The life you're making, the life you're creating, you are building it one block at a time, one brick at a time. The decision of your house, your life, is built one decision at a time. And what that means is simply this. My decisions shape my destination. Where I'm going to end up is is based on the individual decisions that I am making. Every decision I'm making across my roommates, the school I attend, the major I pick, what I do with my free time, all of those pieces are decisions we are making, and ultimately they shape the destination, the life that you are living. And so this is the question I want to ask this morning. Last week we're asking, was asked, we asked this question, am I willing to make God shape my will to his will. And this week we're asking this question, am I willing to admit that I need wisdom beyond myself? Am I willing to admit that I need wisdom beyond myself? And that's where James comes in, because he gives us the answer of how we seek God's wisdom. Read with me in James chapter 1, starting in verse 5. It says this, If any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded and unstable in all of his ways. Let me pray for us one more time as we launch in. Lord, thank you so much for this morning. And I thank you for this opportunity to seek your wisdom, to seek God's wisdom in our life's decisions. 
And I know that many of us are struggling with how to make good decisions in life. And, and to be quite honest, we feel like we're pretty smart. We feel like we know how we should direct our lives. I pray that as we open up your word and you speak through us, that we would gain your wisdom in our life and we would seek your wisdom first. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, wisdom is this in the Bible. In, in, in the Hebrew uh, Old Testament, the, they use the word hakma, which means skill. In the New Testament, they use the word sophia, which also has a similar connotation of skill in living. And it basically means this, that it's applied to craftsmen. So if, you're, if you work with wood, you have skill in crafting wood. We have one of those individuals that I have the great honor to work alongside. His name is Matt Meyer. He's one of our fellows. And he literally crafted this stand. Out of the skill of his mind and hands, he built this. He, these are metal. You probably can't tell from this from there. But these are metal. He welded them together. He built it. And it's so good. The skill was so good that other people around, including Jacob Smith over at Anderson and, our, and some of our other teams, have said, hey, can he make more of those? And I'm like, I don't know. Why don't you go ask Mr. Matt? I tell Matt, and he goes, yeah, I can make another one. And he pops them out in a week. How? Because he is skillful in negotiating wood and metal and work. He has the skill, the wisdom to apply talent to a particular medium. Artists have skill. They have skill with paint or with clay. And many of us, what we say, when we see those individuals, we're like, man, that, that is amazing. And we don't think of it in terms of wisdom, but that's actually what wisdom is. It's skill. But as we're defining it, as we're looking at it, it's, it's not just skill in crafting. It's skill in wise living. So wisdom is this, the skill to see life's circumstances and to know how to navigate, negotiate those situations well. It's skill in wise living. And here's the truth. We have a lot of knowledge, but knowledge is not the same thing as skill. See, knowledge is information. And right now in your generation, in our time, we have more access to more information than at any other time in history. All you have to go is to YouTube or Wikipedia, and you can get the solution to every one of your problems. Am I right? So my door won't close in, my, in the back of my house. It, it won't close. And my wife has been getting on me gen, um, harshly. Uh, um, I was going to say gently, but it hasn't been gently. Um, Because she wants me to apply wisdom in areas that I do not have. Mainly anything with wood. And and including the house. And so she says, Kevin, just go to YouTube and figure out how to do it. And I'm like, fine. And so I go and I type into YouTube and I watch this video of them fixing doors. And what I realize very quickly is that even at my baseline level, I have no idea how to fix a door. But I did finally fix it. I took the uh, metal plate and I just moved it down like a quarter, you know, about a half an inch. And now the door closes shut. Uh, there's still a draft and the top lock doesn't work now. But, <laughs> but I did it, right? And I can look at that and go, like, look, I am wise. But here's the truth. We make little decisions all the time. And we think we're making wise decisions. But the truth matters, we're not wise. We have all of this information, but we don't always know how to apply it well. There's a book called Generation Z in which they, he defines it this way. The author's name is James Emery White. It's very helpful. And he says this, that we have the ability to find all the information. We have libraries and shops and, and all sorts of medium to find information. 
But one uh, president of New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, a man named Chuck Kelly, says this, the new task of education is to help students evaluate information. See, we have tons of information, but you've probably been in this moment. You have all of these YouTube videos. You have all of this information in front of you, but you don't know how to navigate it. You don't know how to make wise decisions given the information. And what the new task of education is, is not to give you the information. It's to learn how to filter through it. How do I make wise decisions given all of the information that we have? And so I want to give you five steps. Five steps that you can apply to your life in making good decisions. Five steps that will help you to gain wisdom in life and to navigate life circumstances well. How do we seek wisdom? Well, James tells us this, that we first seek God. And this is your first point. In order to gain wisdom, wisdom comes from God. And he says it this way in verse 5. He says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, if any of you don't know what to make of your next decision, what to do next, he says this, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it'll be given to him. He says, I want you to know that, that you're not meant to know everything. You don't have to know everything. You don't, know, you don't need to know the right next decision. But when you realize that you don't have all the wisdom to make the next decision, he says, I want you to seek God. And I want you to ask God. And I love the word that James uses for ask. It's the word aeto, which basically means this, to plead or to beg. Jesus will say it this way. When you pray to God, ask and keep on asking. Um, keep on, it's like a door. You keep on knocking. It's like a woman begging for, for justice to be given to her. You just ask God and keep on asking. You beg for that wisdom from God. That's the starting point, that you seek God. And what that means is you go to him and you ask him and you ask him and you beg him and say, God, I need help in making this decision. And he says this about God. I love this. God is going to give you generously, without reproach. I love that description. He says God is, gives you open-handedly. He gives you in a way, gives you wisdom without distinction and without strings attached. He's going to give you wisdom generously. And the way that generously means this, one-sided. He gives it to you without expectation of anything in return. And that's helpful because we have no wisdom to give God. He created everything. He built everything. And you're like, God, let me tell you how this iPhone works. And he's like, yeah, yeah I, I got it. I got it. I got it. I made Steve Jobs. Okay, like I, I get it, right? Let me tell you how the silicon works in the base of the, the he's like, yeah, yeah I, I made it all. I know how these chemicals work. I can't, we can't give God anything. And so he says, I give you wisdom simply without reproach, without strings attached. And I love that word, without reproach. It means without reprimand. He doesn't shame us for not knowing. He won't go in and say, see, I told you so. So the other, the other last week, um, we're in the, in the front yard playing with my kids, and, uh, and we're just playing, like shooting baskets, just having a great time in the front yard. It was a nice weekend, last weekend. And there was a person kind of going door to door, trying to sell something. And, uh, and eventually, she worked her way around to my house. And so my neighbor was there, I was there, and we're just shooting baskets, having a good time. And she comes over, and, and uh, we're shooting baskets, and, and we're missing terribly, and uh, no skill. And, uh, and she goes, hey, so two guys that are six foot, not able to make a shot, and we're like, ah, ha, 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 you know, it, it was fun. She goes, she goes hey, I, I, see, uh, I see you got some brown patch in your lawn. And I'm like, okay. 
And she goes, uh, and who's cutting your lawn? Like, it's way too short. And I'm like, all right, hold on there, Missy. You know, like, you start by critiquing my basketball skills, and now you move on to my lawn. Like, what's next? And then so she starts putting herself in this, like, position of authority. And I'm like, she's like, she's like well, here's what we would do with that, and here's how we're doing that. And like, who's taking care of your lawn? And I'm like, I don't know, but they have, there's a sign in the yard that says, we are caring for this lawn. And I don't know if there's brown patch or not, but I know it's been dry, and I know it's the beginning of spring, so I'm going to give it a shot, right? And I said, hey, I'll bring that to those people that are working on it. She's like, well, I don't know what they're doing. They're not doing a good job. And I'm like, all right. And then she kind of like walks off. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, do I want to go to that woman for her wisdom? No. I let her go. And sometimes when we feel like we're asking wisdom for God, it'll come like that, right? Like he's going to look at us and be like, see, I told you so, I told you so. And they're going to reprimand us for, for not doing something right. And, and what God says, what James says of God is like, I'm not like that. God is not like that. He's not going to give you wisdom and with strings attached to reprimand you. He's going to give you wisdom freely for you to use and with, with, without any regard of, of, of you better do this or else. He says, I'm going to give you wisdom to think better about your decisions. And he says this in verse 6, but let him ask in faith. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. It's the Greek word pistis. It's, it's, it's faith. It's belief that God will actually answer. He says, without doubting, and that word doubt basically means to negotiate, to dialogue. He says, when God's going to give you wisdom, he's going to speak into your life. And here's what I want you to do with that wisdom. I don't want you to now negotiate with God because God's not like a waiter. I have friends that I go out to dinner with uh, or out to lunch with, and they always ask the waiter this, um, hey, what would you recommend from the menu? And the waiter speaks like, hey, I would recommend this. It's probably the best item on the menu. I really like it. And then every time with Without a doubt, this person that I go out with says, okay, I'm going to pick this. And they never take the waiter's advice. And I'm like, why are you even asking? And sometimes we do that with God. We're like, God, I'm just going to pray. Will you give me wisdom? Will you, will, you, will you help me to see the right thing? And God's like, okay, I'm going to put some people, I'm going to put some circumstances, I'm going to put my word around you to give you wisdom. And you're like, yeah, I don't, I'm not feeling it, God. Um, I'm going to do this. And he says, look, you're, you're doubting. And when you doubt like that, you are literally t- driven and tossed by the wind. Meaning, you're actually not looking for God's wisdom. What you're seeking is for God's affirmation. You're actually not seeking God's wisdom. You're asking God to, to basically just agree with what you are doing anyway. And so James is saying, look, when you seek God's wisdom, don't be playing God. Don't be saying, I'm going to follow him if it works out with what I was going to do anyway. Don't you look at God like a compromise. Don't look at for just affirmation of your decision. Look at God and seek him saying, God, when I come to you, I'm going to hear from you, and I'm going to do what you're asking me to do. When you're seeking wisdom, it means this. We submit our will to God's will. We seek his ways. And so when we seek it, I'm going to summarize it. God is ready to give it. You need to be ready to receive it, and you need to be ready to follow it. See, when God gives wisdom, he speaks to us, and we need to be ready as we're begging God to give it, to do something with it. And that's the first step. He says, if you don't have wisdom, you go to God, and he is ready to give it to you. 
And that's the first step, and I, I don't end there for this simple reason. Because the Word of God is filled with more about wisdom and how to receive direction. And so God, as he speaks to us, there's two primary sources that he is going to speak through. So I encourage you, don't just go to your room and just pray and pray and pray, and don't use the other sources that God has given for wisdom. There's two other primary sources that God gives to receive wisdom, and it's this, his word and his people. God will use his word and his people to give us wisdom. And one of the primary books I go to all the time so that I can be wise in making decisions is this, the book of Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs is literally God's wisdom literature to us. And I'm going to give you four next pieces, all from the book of Proverbs, and how to make wise decisions. After we go to God, one of the sources we go to is the word of God. And I'm going to navigate for us how to see Proverbs in the process of making wise decisions. So the first step is this from Proverbs, that we slow down. When you have a decision in front of you, after you've sought God in prayer and you're expecting him to speak, we next slow down. Your decision doesn't need to be made immediately, even if it feels very pressing. Proverbs 21.5 says it this way, The plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage. But everyone who is hasty comes surely to poverty. The hands of the diligent, that means faithful. That means to cut in a a, a particular line. But if you're hasty, if you're rash, if you're cutting corners, you're not going to make good decisions. Craig Rochelle, pastor of Life Life Church up in uh, Oklahoma, says it this way, and I think it's very helpful. We often overestimate what we can do in the long run, or we overestimate what we can do in the short run, and underestimate what God can do in the long run. We overestimate what we can do in the short run, and we underestimate what God can do in the long run. He says this, he says, so I always realize I need to slow down in making any decision. There's a book by Cal Newport um, called So Good They Can't Ignore You. Um, And he basically says this, um, when you're making decisions in life, you have to slow down. And and what he tells a story of Steve Martin, a comedian who was advising actors in in how to make decisions and how to work their way up in uh, the area of acting in that world. And and so Steve says, um, when people ask me, like, how do I navigate the world of acting and get better? He says, I always have one simple answer, and no one ever likes it, and it's this. Be so good they can't ignore you. Be so good. Hone your craft so that when you get the opportunity, you're ready to use it. So you slow down. And then Cal talks about a person who just was going to follow their dreams. Their dream was to start a, uh, a yoga studio in New York City. And so they said, I'm going to follow my dream. I'm just going to go do it. And they sell everything that they have. They move to New York. They buy this small space. They try to start their yoga studio. And within a couple months, they're bankrupt and they went back home to wherever they were from. And Cal looks at that and says, that's not wisdom. <laughs> what you need to do is slow down, get the and make the right decision. So should you have this conversation with your roommate? Maybe now is not the right time. Maybe you just need to slow down in the conversation. Should I get married? I mean, we're about to graduate, and the next thing's coming up. Hey, slow down. That's a life decision. Should I take this job? They want me to know by next week. I've got to have an answer by next week. Well, most companies, if they are actually wise in their decision-making, they're not rushing it. And they can give you an extension. That pressure cooker doesn't have to navigate your life. It doesn't have to be yours. So you first slow down. And the second step is this. 
that we get the right people in the room. That we get the right people in the room. Proverbs uh, 1.5 says it this way, A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. Proverbs is saying this, that you acquire wise people, that you find the right people to give you wisdom. And it says this, prepare plans by consultation and make war by wise guidance. The second step is this, that we get the right people surrounding us to help us make better decisions. Andy Stanley is a pastor in North Point Community Church in Atlanta, and he says this, you're not the smartest person in the room, you're just the leader. And he's built a large, successful church. And he says, look, if you're ever the smartest person in the room, get out of that room and get into another room with smarter people. As you're making decisions, if you're only surrounding yourself with people that don't know more than you, then you're not going to make a good decision. Companies know this. Companies hire consultants all the time to help them give Get better decisions. Some of you want to be a consultant to other companies. Here's the deal. They need people in them consulting them that can help them make better decisions than what they have. And Disney knows this. So Disney, for years, they, they were the most successful in terms of animation and movie production. They were the best out there in the business, right? And so they made movies like Mickey Mouse and Lion King and all that sort of stuff. And so Lion King, Little Mermaid, all those things were making so much money. But it came about to 1995, and suddenly a new company had risen up, a company called Pixar. And now Disney was starting to lose the battle at the box office, right? They were losing the war at the box office. And as movies like Toy Story and Monsters, Inc. were coming out, Disney was taking a step back. And so what does Disney need to do in this situation? Well, they bought Pixar, right? It's great when you have unlimited resources. And the owner said this. What they have done by bringing Pixar in is they brought new creativity, new energy to help us make better movies. And more recently, a couple years ago, Disney bought Marvel. It's great when you have unlimited resources, right? And chief executive Richard Eager, Robert Eager told CNN Money this. This is perfect from a strategic perspective. The treasure trove of, other, of over 5,000 characters offers Disney the ability to do what we do best, which makes you ask the question, what does Disney do best? Market movies, create theme parks, get your kids to buy those toys. Like That's what Disney does best and what they knew. They knew this. We don't have the market on creativity. We don't have the market on storylines. What we need are wise people to come around us to help us make better decisions. And I'll tell you what, in the Christian life, when you're making decisions, if you are the smartest person in the room, if you're the only one worth listening to, then you're not going to make the best decisions. You bring in other people with wisdom. And let me tell you something about being in college. Here's the challenge with being in college is that for many of us, the broadest source of wisdom we have is other 20-year-olds. You're 18 or 19, and you're like, well, I'll go talk to that 21, 22-year-old senior to gain the wisdom. And I'm saying they can help you at, at these steps, but they can't help you at these steps. They can help you as a sophomore and a junior to navigate some things, but they can't help you past that And that's why I love what we get here at Southwood College. We have adult table hosts to help you. There are a couple stages beyond where you're at to help you make wise decisions. And all the time, we put people around me to help me make better decisions. And here's what they do. They will pay the dumb tax for you. Well, what do you mean by that, Kevin? Well, everyone will make dumb decisions. 
And your parents have said this all the time, I mean, growing up, just like, just don't do what I did in college, right? Like, they, they tell you that information. And, and, the, and what they're trying to tell you is this, I was dumb, and I don't want you to be dumb. And you can learn from their wisdom. They will speak into you. So we seek God, we slow down, we get the right people in the room, and number three, we make cuts. We make cuts. And I believe this is the hardest part, that we make changes to our plans. Proverbs 19.20 says it this way, Listen to counsel and accept discipline, that you may be wise the rest of your days. Listen to counsel. As you get those people around you speaking into you, you listen to their words and you make changes to what you were going to do. You don't look for affirmation. You look for consultation. You listen to those words and you make changes. And I love this in Proverbs twenty-two seventeen It says this, incline your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your mind to my knowledge. That means I want you to lean in. It's like a coach drawing up plays at halftime. He's drawing up plays at that timeout or that halftime to make the team make better decisions. And he says, lean in. When those people, those counselors are speaking to you, don't blow them off. Listen to their wisdom that they are giving to you. And, and, and the pushback, the objection is this. Well, well, Kevin, I just want to follow my heart on this. Like my heart tells me that I need to sell everything and move to Afghanistan tomorrow. You might need to, but let me tell you something about your heart. Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-six: He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. But my mama told me to follow my heart. Your mama was wrong. In Jesus' name, okay? He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but he who walks wisely will will be delivered. That means I can't just follow my heart. I need to accept the wisdom and I need to make cuts. And everyone has to make cuts. Everyone in making decisions has to make changes to their plans, changes to their decision. Every movie goes through cuts. It never happens that that a movie writer writes a script And that script goes from conception to production. That never happens. What happens when people are making movies? They write the script. They start shooting. They start changing the film. They make changes all the way along. But every now and then, you get kind of a window behind the scenes. And so uh, several years ago, I was watching the entire Lord of the Rings series. My wife had gotten the like 45-disc set of like every behind-the-scenes cut, how everything was drawn. And we're literally watching, I'm watching, I've committed to watching all of them, right? All 100 billion hours of film, you know? And I'm watching it, and and here's what happens. They'll be talking about a scene that got cut. And they're like, oh man, it was great actors, great lighting. You look at all um, all the time that went into this one shot. And then you watch the shot play out. And it was a bad moment where like, Aragon ate like a bad bowl of soup and then it moved on. And I was like, yeah, I get why that was cut. Yeah, like that didn't help the movie at all. That was, that was bad. And the truth is this, some of your decisions are just bad. And you're like, I'm following my heart. Look how much I put into this. Look how much energy and time. And like, yeah, but it might just be bad. And you need wisdom to say, don't make that decision. Change what you're doing. Every movie goes through cuts. Every joke goes through cuts. 
So comedians, they'll look at their joke and literally they'll count the syllables to make cuts in the joke. One, one author writes it this way. The, the cuts are so important that they'll make, make sure that every rhythm is hit. And I remember listening to two comedians talking about their jokes. And, and one of them said, um, as I'm writing uh, and if I'm trying stuff out in a new audience, if, if it bombs, like what do you do when your joke bombs? And one comedian said, said well, here's what I do. Um, I cuss at the audience. And, and I say, I don't care who you are, that's funny, and then I move on. And, uh, and the other comedian said, yeah, you, you can do that, and kind of try to turn it. Uh, he says, but here's what I do. I just, I take the hit, and I go home, and I craft better material. That's wisdom. I'm going to take the cut, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to craft better material. And here's the truth. Even Jesus had to do this. Even Jesus had to learn through the cuts. Hebrews 5 8 says this although he was a son, he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. He had to learn through the cuts. And the last step is this you give God your decision. You give God your decision. We seek God, we slow down, we get the right people in the room, we make cuts, and lastly, we give God our decision. Proverbs 16 9 says it this way. The mind of the man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Proverbs 19.21, many are the plans in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. He says at the end of the day, you take your plan and you hold up to God and you let God direct your steps. And here's the truth. All of us have to make changes. And all of us have to, at the end of the day, say, Lord, these are my plans but I want your counsel to stand. And we know this. We've got to make changes. And ultimately, God knows what's best for us. Even Garth Brooks knows this. So when I was a kid growing up uh, in junior high, we would have these birthday parties at the Municipal Utility District building. And so all my friends would be invited together, guys and girls, and there would be these dance parties where this DJ would play this music for us, and we would slow dance to any number of random songs, right? And I remember one, and it was always awkward, you know, I mean, just, you know, junior high guys going like, I'm here to dance, you know, what do you want to dance? You know, so it was just, it was just pure awkwardness. But there was one song when I was in junior high that was very popular that we all danced to, and it was this, Unanswered Prayers by Garth Brooks. And the song starts out like this. He says, just the other night at a hometown football game, my wife and I ran into my old high school flame. And as I stood there um, thinking, I remembered back when I wanted this woman, I never asked for anything again. If God would only grant me the wish I wished back then, I would never ask for anything again. If God would just give me this woman, life would make sense. And he's standing there with his wife at this moment going, wow. And then he says, but sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Remember when you're talking to the man upstairs? It's country. And just because he may not answer doesn't mean he don't care. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. And I think for many of us, we're like, ah, this is what I want to happen. This is the decision I want. And God says, look, I want you to come to me, receive my wisdom, slow down, make changes, get the right people around you, and you trust me, and I will establish your ways according to my ways. We align ourselves behind God. We seek his wisdom. And God will establish the plans for your life. That's wisdom.
And Jesus had to learn this too. In the Garden of Gethsemane, you know the moment. He's about to go to the cross and he's on his knees praying and, and, and blood like, like sweat is pouring from his face. And he's there and he says, God, I don't want to do this. But not what I want, what you want. And he goes back to his boys that are supposed to be praying for him. He goes to the disciples and, and they're all asleep. And he's like, I'm about to die and you're my, you're my ride or die and y'all are just asleep. And he's like, He's like, hey, can y'all just pray for me? And he goes back to God and, and he gets on his knees and he says, Lord, if there's any other way, let's do that. But not my will. Let your will be done. And in God's wisdom, he says, no, the only way to purchase forgiveness of sins is on the cross. And so you follow my will. You follow my plan. And I'll tell you what, this is the solution that the world needs. You learn through the change. Even Jesus had to learn this on his own in walking with the Father. And so do we. But I'll tell you what, when you do this, your plans will make sense. You'll be in line with God's design and you'll be exactly where God wants you to be. So the starting point is this, where are you seeking God? Are you willing to realize, I don't have all the information. I need God's wisdom, and God's going to give me his word and his people to craft better decisions in life, and I'm going to trust him with the results. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you so much for this morning, and I thank you that you give us wisdom. And Lord, honestly, sometimes it's not the, the information that we want. It's not the direction that we want our lives to go. So Lord, I pray that as we are making decisions, that we would seek your wisdom, we would seek your will and that we would align our lives behind you because you love us and you care for us. And Lord, it is comforting to know that even Jesus Christ had moments when he was saying, Lord, if there's another way, let's do that. And Lord, I know if many of us may feel that way. We may feel like you are calling us to something or you're calling us to make cuts that we don't want to make. I pray that we would be open-handed, we would submit our lives to your will, we would seek the wisdom that you've given us, and that we would align our lives, we would follow your will. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just stand again and sing.